I'm Adi Van Gontard, and this is how you sell without selling out. Roger's that. I'm Rogers Healy, and welcome to Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. Today, we have someone who's been selling his entire life, um, and I have a feeling that you're going to learn a lot today about someone who has disrupted the world of pro sports. Uh, and here's a teaser: he was not a professional athlete. He is someone that understands entrepreneurship because it's in his blood. It's in his blood. Professional sports are in his blood. In fact, his family used to own the St. Louis Cardinals. Double fun fact, my great uncle used to play for the St. Louis Cardinals. His name was Rogers Hornsby. That's another episode. But today we have the pioneer of Dallas, Texas. He is a real estate titan. He is an entrepreneurial legend. He is a lot younger than me, and his name is Adi Van Gontard. Adi and his brothers are the owners, the founders of Young Money APAA Sports. By the way, yes, I am wearing one of their hoodies. You can buy them on their website today and every day moving forward. But Adi has found a way to go and bring a different type of business into the world of relationships, knowing that people deserve to be treated with kindness, with fairness, and with respect, which is why his company is growing in every single sport and also in the sport of business. So today we have the pleasure of having my buddy, someone I respect greatly and someone I care about, Adi von Gontard. How was the intro? That was pretty good. I don't think I have anything to say now. Are you emotional? <laughs> that was pretty good. If you're not watching, there are <laughs> tears in his eyes where he finally just got the tribute uh, he, he deserved. But I, I shared a lot, and um, I know that this is all about you. So maybe give a little bit of background on you and what got you to be an Audi uh, and at such a young age of just finding significance. Sure. Um, well, thanks so much for that intro. That was amazing. Um, I grew up in Virginia on a big farm. Um, Every every summer we would work there on the farm. It's about sixteen hundred acres. And, oh my gosh! But every single summer, that's what Dad put us to work. So from eight to five, we worked with an hour lunch break, uh, no TV during the day. So you you would go out there and work on the farm. Really? Um, always and yeah, we did hay. Then once once I got old enough, we would stack hay up in up in the barn. So carrying the fifty thousand uh, fifty pound. Uh, Hay, hay bales and put it on an elevator that went up and you had to stack it to make obviously enough room for all the hay and uh, w- from Royal Virginia it's just a huge like horse country no Middleburg, way everything so did, uh, as, a, as a kid did you find yourself resentful that you never were able to milk an animal <laughs> no, I mean I guess not. I mean, uh, do you feel I, like there's still time? I mean, you're, you're, you're only time. 30. Um, and so do you feel like that would be your first, like once you have your first like big moment as an entrepreneur, are you going to go buy something that you well, can the, milk? I guess the best thing is instead of being able to milk, we had a lemur, a black and white rough lemur. What? So I grew up with that. Uh, did you try to milk it? I did not try to milk. It was a male. <laughs> okay. That's another episode. <laughs> but we he had a monkey house. I walked him every morning before school. We have a long driveway. Our, our mom would walk down every day to pick us up in the bus and he would walk down with them and seriously yeah. do you remember the name hooligan hooligan the lemur yes you might be the first guest on here that actually had a pet lemur he was he was the best he have you amazing. tried to have a lemur at your house in dallas no, i'd like to though does highland park have a lemur rule i don't know you it's, would know that better than me it's time to find there might not be an anti-lemur rule um he, he was great he was wow. amazing so I, I actually didn't even know that i just assumed since you're so ingrained in the world of pro sports and entrepreneurship that you grew up i thought you were, grew up in st louis i knew that you had a family farm that obviously has lemurs and monkeys and all sorts of cool stuff except you can't milk anything on the farm yet right but it, without tv and working like farmer hours what was the exposure to pro sports how did you fall in love with it 
I just always, I always love sports. Like, um, and at, in the morning I would wake up, I'd read the newspaper only obviously the sports section. I would just read the box scores as a kid, as a kid, the box scores. Golly. Uh, I would never, I never watch movies. I always watch sports. So really I always watch the, watch the St. Louis Cardinals, obviously, you know, so every night I would watch the Cardinals on the weekends. If they played during the day, I'd watch the Cardinals, but which just fun lived. fact, by the way, as a kid, the Cardinal, it was the most fun time in the history of baseball. Probably this was the Mark McGuire. Exactly. Era. So exactly. you were probably, seven eight years old when the home run race was going on it was it was 1998 or 1999 so i was 11 yeah i was a senior in high school i remember i was i grew up a huge mark mcguire fan but then over the course of time i became a huge sammy sosa fan and um i would have in my car uh, which is the reason i didn't have my first kiss till college i had a poster (laughs) where i would update the uh, home run score in the back of my truck really yeah no i didn't have any friends but i really felt like that was my (laughs) my calling at the time but then i learned soon after um that doesn't get chicks. Um, anyway, so so you found a way to just fall in love with sports. Yeah, I just fell in love with sports and then um, went to Episcopal High School in Alexandria, Virginia, a boarding school, played baseball, played soccer. Um, always was, you know, trying different sports. I started sports websites, um, went to college, obviously at SMU, was majoring in real estate finance. And then my junior year, the sports management program came to SMU. So I double majored in that. And then I just, like how I started the sports agency, I just... I didn't even mean to really start it. Um, I had this sports website that was, it was like a fantasy sports uh, before Draft Street, before or DraftKings, yeah. you know, before FanDuel, etc. And it was you picked who was going to win a game, no spreads. Or this anything. was your. I I had built it like this was. Uh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I didn't know how to write code. So I think that was probably the biggest <laughs> thing stopping me or preventing me from really being able to build it. But um, I started this website. And we were doing a party at Brackets in, in yeah. Mockingbird Station yeah. or wherever it is, right by the... Was that your bar? No, we just... Like I, the, it was like the ping pong bar. And, exactly. Yeah. So I, I rented it out for a couple hours um, on Mustang track at SMU. I, fa- I looked on there and I found if you want to book a Dallas Cowboys player, you pay $500 and he'll show up to... Um, brackets for so no I was, way i was like perfect so booked him um, do you remember who it was it was um yeah phil phil costa he was an offensive yeah. lineman um and so it was all i had, it was all said i had you know banners everywhere promo girls you know it was going to be the next best thing i was going to have 300 people were there. you in college i had just graduated college wow so it was it was going to be perfect an hour before the event that his agent called and was like hey phil I, costas yeah hey adi hate to do this to you, but he's not going to show up. Oh. And again, I had no idea about professional sports at this time. I had, you know, really didn't know what to expect. And I was like, well, what do you mean he's not going to show up? Like, I have everything booked here. I have everything planned. He's like, um, I think his family was coming in town or whatever. His agent was nice enough to say, but let me, and, and Phil was nice enough to say, hey, let me figure out if we can find someone else. You had an hour? For, uh, about an hour. Um, and he, they were able to get Stephen McGee. Oh, really? Was, Quarterback. Um, exactly. Yeah. And Jesse Holly, the wide receiver. Oh, even better. So they both came to brackets that day. No way. Um, and it was the most fun event, everything. Um, Stephen was great. He's been to our ranch in West Texas and wow. avid hunter and his wife's uh, a realtor now exactly yeah great guy so where did uh, he play Texas A&M Texas A&M exactly. and was Jesse Holly the one that won the reality TV exactly. show exactly he's, he, he's, he's become a buddy too um, he won fourth and long exactly fourth and long that's right and this was at the peak of both of them right. I mean uh, McGee was Romo's backup exactly um, an A&M guy so everyone in Texas loved him and Jesse Holly was a reality TV star that yeah anyway exactly. yeah they're both terrific people and, and so they both came it was an unbelievable event and they were just like 
and I was asking them about it because I had no idea, you know, on that. And they were just like, this is really, this is cool. Like, you know, unless you're the Tony Romo's at that point or uh, whoever, like you're not, no one's out there here really finding deals. So I was like, great. Can I work to find your deals? Because I love sports. And, and they're like, sure, go ahead. So um, this is know, before the agency. This is way, be- this is how I kind of broke into really? the agency. So I started calling 100 places in Dallas a day to, you know, sports bars, restaurants, businesses. Hey, do you want Cowboys players to show up? You know, and I get 97 no's, you know, two maybes. And I just kept calling, kept calling and, you know, would get one yes. So I just started setting up appearances all over Dallas. How did you get the players? Just leveraging Stephen McGee and Jesse Holly. Yeah, Stephen, Jesse. And then, you know, kind of it spread or I would DM them or on Twitter, you know, um, and this was. This was like 12, 14 years ago when Twitter wasn't. So it, Phil Costa should, is the real, is the quiet yeah, hero of this entire thing for, for, exactly. for bailing you. Exactly. Wow. And so, so again, you have a, and you're in your family. And I think I love the fact that your background was literally working manual labor and you just get programmed to go and grind. And okay. I think that's really hard, especially with people that are in our generations is there's a lot of entitlement especially if they come from a successful family, they don't know what it's like to build and create and get it out there. Was that hard for you knowing that you're what you were 22, 23 at the time and you had a vision where most of your friends were either still in college or they had their first job. You're building, you didn't know this, but you're building an empire at the time. So calling a hundred places, getting 97 no's, three yeses, And then you learn something that I think is the hardest thing in business is that scale, right? Where Audi cannot go and continue to call 500 exactly. bars a week and DM 500 players. You have to go and actually build something. So at what point your idea turned into something that was valuable, but then it turned into a business. When did you go so and exa- actually couple exa- all exactly that? Exactly that, of scaling. And so um, from there, from Dallas, I broke in. Again, I went to I went to boarding school, um, and all, all of my classmates obviously went to colleges all across the country. So I broke in to the Seattle market with Golden Tate. Um, he was really? a rookie Notre there. Dame. Exactly, Notre Dame. Um, famous touchdown interception with the replacement refs. And I started doing his marketing. Uh, just through DM? Uh, no, one of one of my best friends, um, his, his girlfriend at the time went to Notre Dame as well and, and was uh, close with Golden. So he somehow I was introduced that way and she introduced me and Golden said, yeah, go ahead and, and see what you can do on my marketing. So that was how I got into the Seattle market. And Were you living in Seattle? No, I was living here in, in Dallas. <laughs> but Seattle was... At that time, they were going to the playoffs every year. They Russell Wilson. Exactly, Russell yeah. Wilson. Um, and that market was just so, like, people would pay anything for these players. Were you out there every week? I, I mean, I would go out there a good amount, but I at that point, I was setting up probably 15, 20 appearances a year with 10 15 players a year, maybe even 30 appearances on a year the Seahawks with, on the Seahawks. Wow. And that became so big of, I was really able to scale it. And then before I, you had the sports agency, this was all before this, what was this agency. operating under? This was just under, I had BY, BYA, uh, which actually started as book your athlete. Um, and I, BYA, Dude, I remember this. Yeah, that was it. I remember it. No, I remember, I remember it was you too. Cause I first heard about your family because of the real estate stuff. Right. And then I started following it. I don't know. It wasn't on social. It might've been on Twitter or something, but it might have even been. I remember when you had the party at Brackets, and I, I couldn't go because I was the creepy older guy. Um, <laughs> but I remember this because it were, there was some crossover. I, I don't know what it was. But, yeah, anyway, but you, you, you brought it to significance pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Seattle market helped a ton. And, and, and then from there, really, I was always looking at, and I think 
credit to my family again I was always looking at how can I do something different than just finding appearances how can I build generational wealth for my clients and and for myself so I was I always looked at how could I get equity in companies rather than taking a twenty thousand dollar thirty thousand dollar um, endorsement deal for clients how could we get them five percent equity six percent equity in a company and if that company took off they'd be worth more probably than they can ever make in the NFL or NBA. And you had to weigh, obviously, the pros and cons of, do we need money up front? Can we balance it out, et cetera? So that was where I was able to really scale it, by getting by finding equity deals for companies. And that's where I grew it from Dallas to Seattle to really nationwide of representing 50 NFL and NBA players. Wow. You know who pioneered that, um, that thought process, for what, I mean, for the most part, is randomly William Shatner, who was on Star Trek in 50 Cent vitamin water. So right. they, they, they kind of right. took that and, and brought it to the main stage exactly. where I don't know the numbers. I think it was something where they made like 50, 60 million bucks right. when it sold or went public. Right. But so you started doing that. You remember your first deal that actually popped? Um, Soto, which is a apparel company, um, based out of Seattle and they were, they started and they were carried in Nordstrom's and they went to nationwide in Nordstrom's. Um, and I was just always, always looking at different companies that I thought could go national and global. Um, and yeah, bottom and water, you're exactly right. Of They really were able to pot that, I think, to $80, $80 million for yeah. 1%. But then, but then again, you provide a, different, uh, provide a different kind of value as well. And you have the entrepreneurial business-minded you know, uh, uh, approach versus a lot of guys that are in the pro sports world that hire their buddy, maybe somebody that's done it before, maybe even an agent that has a thousand other clients. You needed them as much as they needed you. Exactly. And, and so and what led you to actually starting the sports agency? So you go from BYA to being the guy in Seattle for Golden Tate that played baseball in high school right. and Virginia to now, you know, you're making a name for yourself pretty, pretty quickly when you also have stuff going on here. I remember, I remember you had the bar. It's the first time I met you and your brothers was that yeah, big, where I remember the claim to fame. It was the world's largest bar. Exactly. 65, like, 65 feet. Long. Yeah. And I remember I was like, damn. And it was hard to go in there and not be jealous. I was like, God, this is so cool. And you know, they're, they're, I'm paying them to have a, a drink and they're living the dream, but I'm saying, but you don't just get there because you're handed something. You get there because you understand how to build. And then no, it was fun, but it was such long hours because you would, you would, that bar business. Is what was it called? The Eberhard. The Eberhard. Yeah. Yes. And Do you still own it. We own the land now of it and now it's 77 degrees. Yeah. Which and means you don't have to manage exactly, the day to day. Exactly. And can just sit back and, and cash checks. Exactly. And not have to worry so, about the lawsuits and that's right. People losing their cell phones. Exactly. Um, so, okay, so but walk us through the process that got you to being a sports agency owner. So from from building all the marketing and, and, and doing that, all of a sudden these sports agencies started reaching out to me and saying, hey, Adi, we'll hire you to take over all of our marketing. You, you just do this marketing. You obviously have excelled at it. You, have, you build out your own niche on this. We will hire you. You take over all of our clients for marketing, and we'll continue to do the contracts. At that point, I realized... I'm really doing the grunt work. I'm the one banging down the doors. I'm the one looking and pioneering and doing equity deals. And I was doing large marketing deals. I said, why not start a full service sports agency? Hmm. Of If I'm negotiating all this marketing, why not also negotiate players' contracts? When was this? This was, I guess, about nine years ago now, eight years ago. Wow. And so you're in your early 20s. Exactly. I'm about 20, 24 now at this point, 25. And you go from being essentially a offshoot of these other agencies to an unintended competitor exactly. that has access to all these people because in large part, they didn't want to do the grunt the work, work. Exactly. which is where you make your, you know, I found that in business, you make your money, you make money a lot of different ways. I think the easiest way for what it's worth is creating a convenience. And you did that. 
and you found a way to do it so much to the point where they didn't want to go and internalize it because they trusted Adi. But next thing you know, 24, 25 year old does what? So I, I got certified um, on, the, <laughs> on the MBA front of being an MBA agent. And 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 I had started Appa Sports, which just stands for me and my three brothers, Andrew, Peter, Alex, Adi. So I had way easier to say Appa than say APAA. Exactly. I've always said APAA. Yeah, I mean, every, Appa. No, yeah, no. It's, either it's, one works. It's almost like a really nice Italian wine. I'll have a glass <laughs> of your finest Appa. And it's like, yeah. So I started that, and around around the same time, Young Money Sports, Little Wayne started a sports agency, and the reason he started it was. He, you know, at the at that time he was living in Miami, and you know he would go to dinners. He would be with with all of these athletes, and there's always a saying: all all athletes want to be rappers, and all rappers want to be athletes, right? And he was hanging around friends with all of these athletes, and you know they were they really were coming to him and saying, "We're making all this money, but we don't really have that support staff around us. We don't really have the people that care about us, you know, other than getting us the contract, right?" and all the credit to Wayne and, and his team, Mac Main, everybody. Of uh, there's, we we really got to you know give back, and they've created such a successful label, um, you know, on on hip hop and amazing. Well, how did you get connected to Little Wayne? So don't say Instagram. And I didn't get. It. I was like, yeah, he's got a hundred million followers. Exactly. It's like he's gonna get back to you in three years. Exactly. One of uh, one of the guys that has been with me since day one, really a founding partner with us as well is is blood cousins with mac main who is the coo um of young money is that david no no the, um Helly and knight i think i think you've met him before um and he's been he's been with us since day one uh, the greatest person in the world and he inter- he introduced us to which which was it was natural it, it wasn't was it's like all the other stuff and i think that again this serendipity is a great word it's like a, a fortunate mistake or accident but i think it goes in line with just you know what's meant to be is meant to be and you have these things that fall into place because you're at the right place at the right time but you still strike on it so you go and you have appa sports appa sports ah, how you doing <laughs> and, and you're connected to Little Wayne, who's arguably a top five most recognizable celebrity potentially in the world. And, you know, he is your generation's Tupac, right? There's no one that comes close to Little Wayne. I don't care what anyone says. But at what point were you like, okay, did you approach them to go and become their agency partner? So we, it's so interesting on that because when they started Young Money Sports, agencies reached out to them and said, we'll give you millions of dollars to use your name of Young Money and then put your name after it, right? And all the credit again to Wayne and his team. They said, we're not looking just for a quick buck or to license our name out there. Like we're starting this sports agency for the right reasons. And that's to be different, to be a trendsetter. Of and Wayne was involved. Wayne, yeah. And he still is extremely involved. Wayne and his entire team were involved. And, and the best part of it of, of organically, we didn't just put it together in a week and say, Let, let's try this. Like we, we literally, I flew to Miami. I flew to New York, um, flew to LA. Like we literally sat down and mapped this out of how we wanted what was my vision? What was their vision? And it just literally aligned. How long did you have Appa up to that point? For probably a year and a half. <laughs> so you go from being, which you still would have figured it out. Right. You And you were figuring it out. You had athletes, right? And I think that something, it's one of my favorite social media follows, especially on Facebook. And I feel like I'm always the first like, which is kind of creepy. But <laughs> it's not your background. You knew baseball. That's your right. family owned the St. Louis Cardinals. You talked about the first thing that you got licensed in was the NBA. Right. And now it's football. And it's, it's, it's obviously a little bit of everything. Exactly. But a year and a half into having Apple Sports, 
you partner with the group that people are willing to pay tens of millions of dollars exactly. to just be affiliated with, you become their partner. Exactly. And, and so what was that headspace like? Where here you are still moving a million miles an hour where you don't have time to slow down. And then this is official. So this was what, five, six years ago? This, was, yeah, this will be a, our seventh NFL draft and seventh NBA draft together. And, and, and I mean, what was that like where you, you've just had it kind of happen at you know a natural pace, but you I were mean, thrown it, into it? It went from uh, 100 to 1,000 miles per God, hour. Phil Costa needs a statue at the <laughs> office. Really like, Phil Costa needs a rap album. <laughs> we need to go and, and do, Wayne needs to have a song just called Phil Costa. Phil, well, Steven, Jesse, and Golden are, are yeah. the real reason why. But really, it's, all, it's Phil Costa. Phil started. Phil Costa, what's he doing now? He, I'm not sure. He needs to have, we need to get him in a, a duet with Lil Wayne. I agree. Okay, yeah, that's going to be the mission. We'll do a follow-up, and we're going to have Wayne on the Rogers Music Tour podcast talking about his number one song that just won a Grammy. It's called Phil Costa. Um, so, okay, so this, this happens, and, and, and it happens at a, a quick pace. What was the strategy and the structure knowing that you're not competing with these people that were, you were client of theirs, so they were a client of yours, and you have a draft coming up and all these other things where you have to set apart the fact that it's you and Wayne and the, the family connections, et cetera. What was the differentiator at, at the beginning? I mean, really, in the beginning, we were just going to do basketball. And, you know, I'm certified on the NBA front, so we were going to do basketball and, and really stick to that. We, we started getting together as a group, and we said, we can do both of this. We can do NFL, and we can do NBA. So we put it together really in November, and we had about a month to figure out our plans and, and sign athletes, you know, because at end of December, early January, the bowl games are over. And You didn't and, have any athletes yet? We had just a couple of basketball players. But, but no, no football. No football. <laughs> and so... And our first client ever was D.D. Westbrook, who was Bluggendorf Award winner as a number one receiver in the nation, a Heisman finalist. And we sat down with him, and he could go to any agency in the world. This uh, is after a month. This is after a month. Mm -hmm. And he just How said, did you get in front of him? DM? I, uh, great question. Um, did Wayne comment on one of his post hey, check sure. DM? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I met him was after the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, um, mm. right after that. And, and we sat down, had dinner, shared the vision, everything. And again, giving the shout outs, he's a pioneer of that said, I believe in what you all are going to do, and I'm going to wave this flag. And again, I could go to any agency in the world right now that I wanted to, but I believe in the, in the vision of what you all have going. And, and he was our first client um when was he drafted he was i guess now no no like what round oh, fourth round he was so you, have a, you have a fourth round pick exactly 45 days after partnering exactly which again it didn't give you time to slow down or to really put a ton of time into the structure you're right. just you're just going exactly so what did the scale look like at that time and again y'all this is not a normal situation across the board but you found a way. I think that in business, it's really, really hard to start a business. I think it's even harder to maintain it. Right. And you found a way to do this. So as you're starting to build this, how did you go and place yourself in the places that you were supposed to be, knowing that you had other people, whether it's your family, your brothers, Wayne's team, et cetera, where you're still trying to go after the next Didi? Like, what, what was that like, even though you really didn't have a, a minute to breathe? I mean, the crazy part about NFL and NBA is the draft in NFL is in April. Then the draft in NBA is in June. So you literally go straight from the NFL draft to at the end of April, the national championships already done for basketball. So you, these players already have to start training. So you, while the NFL draft is still approaching, you're also having to go and figure out your NBA draft class as well. So talk about a 
never ending. Yeah. Well, thankfully, you know, you're in your mid twenties and you were single at the time. And I think there's something really nice about really marrying your job, you know, as unhealthy as that sounds. And I got married at 40 because I was married to my work for too long, but, but it started to work out. And as you're perfecting your pitches, talking to these guys that are wanted by everybody and here comes the new guy, right? Which is an easy target for the tenured agents to be like, don't hire this other guy. He doesn't, he doesn't have a background on this and he doesn't have a law degree, Exactly. whatever. What was your differentiator? How did you go and genuinely pitch, you know, the young money APA services to these people that had access to everybody? I think the authenticity of it was probably the biggest driving force, you know, and, and realizing that the, the NFL contract, the NBA contract, that's always has to be the number one priority for any person, any agency out there, right? But I think as we adapt and even today, in today's world more than anything, like there's so much more of this, you know, if every NFL draft pick is a, signing a four-year deal. So, and they can't, they can't re- they cannot sign an extension until after three years. So I think that was our biggest differentiator there of, okay, so you have three years, from now till you can re-sign with that same team or four years and you're going to free agency, what else are you going to do for the client? And I think that's where a lot of it, a Your lot background of background was different ex- than everyone exactly. else. Exactly. And, and there's so much you can do. And, and the biggest thing also is cementing them in that, in that city, having them become a fan favorite in that city because you, you know, it's, everyone thinks, oh, it's only about the NFL game or it's only about the NBA game. There's so much more that goes into it for this is really just a, a huge business. You know, obviously yeah. we know the NFL is a huge business. The NBA is a huge business. So how do you help your clients, you know, in all facets of it, not just on the football field and on the basketball field. So that was where we really ramped up everything of the marketing aspect, the giving back, the community aspect, the really building now from us building our brand, which we had just built on the agency to how does each individual player build their brand in that respective city and really nationwide as well. Which in turn builds loyalty and also builds referrals and it sets you apart from everyone else too because they start to talk and they're like, how are you getting deals in the off season at a ping pong bar? You know, it's like you're you're, you're bringing all worlds together. Did did you or do y'all outsource any services at all? Like I'm saying, the stuff that you can do, does does Young Money Appa do all of it? We do, yeah. We do all the contracts on on NFL side, NBA side, and then all of the marketing um, all, off the field. Do any the other companies do that? So, yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. So, but you guys pioneered having it all in house, and you exactly. were able to go train people. And I think that, you know, like a um, music analogy, which I you understand sports like I understand music, an orchestra. Um, which if people don't know this, the weird person that is doing this with the little sticks, that person could go. The orchestrator could go and step in at any time if the cello player falls over or the percussion player falls over. And I think that's what you've done is you've led by example because you know what it's like to do everything other than actually play in the professional sports game, which in the world of sports business is the least important part. So I I think that's a differentiator. How how do you go and train people to go and, you know, assume these roles that you used to lead and and live intimately? How do you find people to go and, and do this? I'm asking for my own selfish reasons too. It's really hard to step away from doing stuff that you're used to, to go work on elevating your potential. But what does that look like for you? Especially when it's a relationship game, right? And how many clients do you guys have now across the board? About 50, 55 NFL and NBA and um, overseas players all everywhere. Which which means you can't talk to everybody every single day. So how how do you go and and put people in those roles knowing that, you know, they might screw up, but you're still growing? What, What does that look like? It's really, it's really about building the right team. And I think you know that is better than anyone you know of to your point yeah you can't be in a hundred different places at once i think with that being said 
I'm on my phone 24 seven because yeah. we don't, you know, this is so much bigger than a client. You know, if, if you're signing to your point of, if you're signing with the agency, you're really signing part of our family, you know, at this point of we're there with you through every single thing, highs, lows, everything. So, um, we do check in on our guys literally every week, but to that point too, it's about building the, the people that see the long-term vision. And yeah. I think it's really about the guys that don't view this as work because, if, if you view this as work, you're going to get burnt out really quick because yeah. there's no such thing as eight to five. And yeah. in the sports agency, there's no weekends off. Obviously, NFL is all on the weekends. So, um, you know, NBA games are every single day. So there's no eight to five. So it really has to be the people that live and breathe sports like I grew up doing and, and like I do that that will succeed and, and excel in this space. Can I ask you a loaded question? Of course. Has this made you a bigger sports fan or um, sports is just your business now? I mean, a great question. I live and breathe sports, so I still I, I still love it. So Maybe a better way. Are you still a fan? Yeah, I'm still a fan. I just think it's you, you realize so much more of how big of a business this is. You yeah. know, while most people think that three-hour game on – on Sundays or the two hour and a half basketball game, that's it. There's that's such a small proponent of the business of sports. There's so much more that goes into that. That's really one of the smallest pieces. Yes, that's how athletes get paid. That's the driving force behind it. But every single thing that else that goes into that, that most people don't even think of, that's the crazy part of what you would never see unless you're working in the sports. Yeah. I tell people in, in real estate, we've been able to work with athletes and I've, uh, I parallel to like volunteering at a church. And the first time I volunteered at a church, I was like, Oh my God, church is a business, right? <laughs> like this is a really, this is a well-run machine. And I think sports is kind of the, it's the same way. And I think that you have to, you know, I don't know if you have to detach the relationship or not, but realizing that, you know, the people in it are so they're, they're a product, right? Which has got to be hard too to have 55 people relying on you thinking they're the next big thing and maybe it doesn't work out and you still have to lead it like a business. And I think that's, that's hard. I think it's hard for good people that are authentic like you, um, which has been a huge obstacle for me. There's some people that are just not cut out for sales and I have to go and like, I have to, own that and, you know, focus on the ones that are focused, which, which you still do. So what would be the next step as you guys continue to grow? Is it another sport? Is it more clients? How do you go and continue to scale, which obviously you've proven to be great at what's the next step for young money APA? I think it's really just about continuing to get the right kind of athletes, you know, the, that, the athletes that really get it, you know, that understand exactly what we're talking about right now, the business of sports. And to your point, Everyone, everyone wants to be the greatest. So, you know, you can't fault a player that says, I'm going to be the next Kobe Bryant, you know, or I'm going to be the next Tom Brady. That's that's everyone's goal and that's everyone's goal with whatever the business, but also understanding that the the work that it takes, there's no shortcuts to this. And I think like understanding your clients and the people that are really going to become part of your family that get that because the biggest learning thing I think I've learned in this, in this process is we're not right for everybody and there and every player is not right for us. You know, I don't want that short term fix. I yeah. don't want to just say I represented a top 10 player that, but he doesn't, he doesn't see the long term vision. It's instant gratification. It's, you know, Hey, it's all on my agent or everything. Like everyone has a job to do in yeah. this, you know, and, and having the right kind of people, you, you'll be 
much more successful and it will lead to so much more, you know, in, inside of that, because again, it's such a business, but there's no short term success. I don't think in anything in life. So you think that's been the biggest obstacle is facing, I mean, again, owning a real estate company, knowing that not every realtor wants to be a part of my company. We don't want, it's, it's a, that's a, that's a weird, it's hard for me. Right. It's still hard having a little bit of ego and you know, wanting to build something is that, I mean, it sounds like it's not an obstacle for you. It, I mean, it was, definitely was an obstacle in the beginning because, you know, in the beginning you're, you're getting in this space and, and you're wanting to make a name for yourself. So you're going to assign whatever players, you know, that you think will help that. He tried you, to sign me. He, yeah, the first time he does, he got a great frame yeah. and I had, I had your size. You got, yeah. I thought you had it and all. And then I ran a 12, 440 <laughs> and he's like, Oh, you need to meet Phil Costa. He's working on a rap album with Wayne. Um, I like, thank gosh, this, this, this isn't a laser. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do here. <laughs> this is, this is, this clock is broken. So, I mean, that, that's hard, you know? And I, and I think that a, a question that I would want to know, like most people, and you've kind of shed light on it. Is there even, even an average day for you knowing that you have 55 families relying on right. you, not 55 people, which means you have probably 200 people that have your cell phone. You got a girlfriend, you got a life, you have other stuff that you're involved in, not just, you know, with the agency. What is a typical life or day in the life for you look like? I mean, there really is no day twice. Yeah. That, that's the best part of it. If you live and breathe sports and that's the worst part of it, if you don't want to be if you don't think like that, you know, or aren't wired like that, there is no such thing as, Hey, I'm going to come to the office Monday and I'm going to come to the office Tuesday. It's going to be the same. It's going to be yeah. exactly opposite. And there's a ton of put, I'm sure it's same thing with you. There's a ton of putting out fires. There's a ton of, yeah. you know, looking at every single option, obstacle and making yeah. the best decision, but there's definitely no, I couldn't say, Hey, here's the approach to take yeah. and you'll be successful in the sports world. There's, there's no, yeah. approach to it that make that would make it hey this this is what you got to do yeah and again i don't think people i don't think everyone's built for that i have this whole zany weird like every day to me is monday right and i wake up it's even though today is technically wednesday it's monday right which again people can't grasp this happy monday thing I'm like no first of all no day is the same but every day is an opportunity to go and win and i think for you to champion the industry where the odds are stacked against you you're taking the same approach which you know, your back's against the wall, you got something going on with a contract, et cetera. It's like, you got to deal with it as efficiently as possible and put the right team in place to go and do that. Uh, what do you think the hardest part of your job is? Uh, Another, another great question. Um, I, I think the hardest part is just, you know, juggling, judging, I would juggling all, all aspects of the day to day that goes in and in on it of knowing again, that not every day, not any day is going to be the same. And, and, you know, um, tampering expectations. Um, and again, I think as you get the right guys that fit, that makes this a lot easier. Right. But understanding that there's a grind that goes into this and every single, and the same thing that an athlete's going through of, it doesn't matter. You sign a max contract. Like that's great. That's life changing money. There's no question of it. $250 million, $300 million in, in the NBA at this point. Right. And especially with the salary cap going up, but those guys don't take days off. Those guys are investing million dollars into their body. They're, they're perfecting their craft. Those are the guys that get it, that are at their pinnacle and will continue to be. But the idea of, hey, I was a great college player, so now I'm going to make it. Like, if you have that attitude, you've already lost. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, this is only going to get harder. It doesn't matter if you're the number one overall pick. That's great. But you yeah. also see guys that fizzle out of as, as the number one overall pick because they believe they made it like yeah. they're and and again obviously a million things can come into factor their injuries of course everything but you know finding those right guys because you're investing your 
I'm pouring my blood, sweat, and tears into this as well. Of I'm going to go to battle for you. You're leading by example, <laughs> you know. And I think that they can appreciate you. Which again, you can't buy that kind of hustle and that grind. And, and again, to rewind this 45 minutes ago. You grew up on a farm working literally manual labor, and that was something you got used to. And I think that to go and, and do that and to show people that you're literally showing up and that you're accessible, but you can't wake them up in the morning and say, go lift weights, go run and eat healthy, don't drink alcohol the night before. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it, it, it's hard to learn, um, which I'm, I'm sure it's that's part of how you want to go lead your companies, which, which is working. What, what's the best advice you've ever received? Knowing that you have, again, you're a lot younger than me and you've had a lot of exposure to successful people, but if you had to go pinpoint you know, one moment in time or one piece of advice that really helped, you know, put you on the trajectory that you're on, what would that be? Uh, no shortcuts, you know, every, you lead by example, everything that we're talking about right now is, um, really learning the full aspects of the business of sports, you know, of you gotta, that's gotta consume you in every single aspect. It's not just, I can't wait to have the number one overall pick, a top 10 pick in, in NFL or NBA, that's such a small proponent of it. Like, mm -hmm. sure, everyone wants that. You know, everyone wants to have that glory and, and recon recognition, but there's so much more to it of you got to live and breathe this in all aspects of it. And, and you can't wake up and say, hey, oh, gosh, this is a grind. I got to go back to the office because you'll, it will never work in this business yeah. because you're on a flight 200 days out of the year. You're traveling to different cities. There's good luck on planning something you can't plan something more than yeah, a day. i can't believe we did this in person you can never every day is different of you could be on a flight in 12 hours you you try to plan something a week in advance i promise you it's going to change four times before you get to that end mm. of the week or whenever that whenever that thing's planned so you don't know, wait till you have kids you know that's 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 the, been the biggest thing for me is um i love uh, a great routine even though like there's no routine but just knowing that i can do what's needed but when you have a kid the one thing i'll tell people i mean among other things is you lose control of your schedule right um which is, is a very welcome change but um yeah i, I get it well, what would be your advice i mean every i wanted to be a sports agent as a kid or a sports broadcaster i did the realtor thing um what would be the advice that you would give somebody no matter matter where they are, age, stage, you know, access, et cetera, if they wanted to enter the world that you're in. Find something that's going to separate you in this business. You know, um, again, what are you going to offer your clients? Again, I always look at it as what are you going to offer your newest family members that's different than anyone else out there can offer? If it's I'm going to give you the best contract, every, everyone's pitching that. You know, at that point, it comes down to who's going to break down these numbers to the nth degree. Everybody has relationships in the NBA, the NFL. At the end of the day, that's completely a business. An NBA GM, an NFL GM is going to do what's best for their team, no matter if they've known you for a month or if they've known you for 30 years. Hmm. They're going to do what's best for that team because they have a family to feed. They're, they're getting paid by that NBA or NFL team. So the idea of, oh, sign with him and he'll, he'll, he'll pull a favor. There's no favors in this business. It's strictly a business. So hmm. go in. Find find something that's going to differentiate yourself that you could offer for your clients that no one else is or, or no one's thinking about it. And equity today, that's become a lot more of the norm. That's what broke me into that 12 years ago because people weren't doing it. Hmm. And that was what able to separate me and really get my in. So and I'm always looking at the next thing, too, you know, so yeah. uh, but. But to the competitors out there that are trying to break into it, find find that uh, something that's going to separate you and do it and, and run through a wall for it. What do you feel like your superpower is? <laughs> 
mean, there's a, I mean, you're, you can, you, you got, you're a visionary, right? And I think that you don't have that part of your brain. I'm not telling you what it is, but I think that just sitting here and having an in-depth conversation, you, you see things differently. And I think that you see things bigger picture versus like what's happening today sure. or tomorrow. You're able to go and do that. And again, it goes back to the scaling thing. I think in business, you, you're one of your gifts is you know how to scale, you know how to put things in place, which I think was, that was the single hardest thing for me to do was to step away or to go and create departments or whatever, remove myself from the minutia. But I feel like you learned that pretty quickly. Uh, but if you had to go and pinpoint the one gift that you have in the world of, you know, sure. business, sports, whatever, entrepreneurship, whatever, what do you feel like that is? Adapting, Al hmm. always being open to change, hmm. you know, not being the person that's stuck of this is the way it has to happen. Always be willing to adapt. Hard. It sounds a lot easier. Always be willing to take other people's advice too, because yeah. you you built this. You feel like, hey, this is my baby. I know exactly what it is. You're you'll, you're going to lose it if you mm. if you do that. You always have to be willing to adapt and and I guess surround yourself by people that are smarter than you. You yeah. know that you can really learn to continue to grow and adapt because that I think and in in the just in the world in general, you got to always be willing to continue to learn and and to adapt in in any space. Dude, you're so wise. I got two questions left. The first I've been wanting to ask this, and I'm so excited. Little Wayne's going to call you, and he said, "Adi, we're going to do our own song. What's the song called?" <laughs> That's a hopefully uh, Young Money Appa. What? Yeah, and, and maybe what's the like the the chorus of it? Um, what? what if oh, you're the better on music. You yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Young Money Appa. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna think uh, on, on it. This, on, but I would. I really would love Phil Wayne, Costa. I would love Wayne to do uh, something on the sports agency and maybe bring in the first. Phil, yeah, Phil exactly, Costa. People that really put this together. I think that would be yeah. amazing. I really hope Phil Costa listens to this because I, I think so it's too. it's so cool, man. It's just a, it's serendipity. And I mean, the best part is he probably doesn't even know about this story because you know I'm sure his agent put that on Mustang track. His agent probably told him he had an appearance. He said, "Hey, I can't do it." But he had no idea. He had no idea. I never spoke with him. I, I don't even think I had his phone number. His agent just called me. But it, go, it goes back to what you're saying: adapting. Exactly. You had an hour before. You couldn't cancel the party. You had promo girls. You had your butt on the line. You figured it out, yeah. and it ended up being the best thing that ever yeah, happened yeah, to exactly. you. Exactly. Uh, man. Okay. And how do we support you? How do we find you online? And if this airs. You know, before the Super Bowl, which chances are it's probably not going to. But right now, they're doing a big push to go and get exposure, you know, for their clients and for their brand through some NFT stuff, which has been super fun. But what's the best way for us to support you? Where do we find you online? Social media um, on Instagram, Young Money Apple Sports, all spelled out. On uh, Twitter, it's easier, YMAPA Sports. And yeah, I think to your NFT, like the NFT line, it's again going back to adapting. We're always trying to think what can we do that's innovative pioneer and, and set yourself apart from every exactly. other agency and we're creating just a, commu a sports community that you know where people can can speak with our athletes speak, people can come into the community of you know what what we have going on interact with us you know us be accessible help help the young person that's coming up that wants to be in this business showing them different avenues of it but really creating a, a sports community for everybody out there tell you what man uh you look back uh, you're my age you're older 
and you think of the things that you're most proud I'm of. I'm getting there close. I'm getting there quick. I mean, I'm still going to outpace you. Um, <laughs> but you look back, you're, you're our parents' age, you're older, and you think of all these things. And I think that success, and that you're, you're a reason I... I wanted to do this. I think just having people get inside the head of someone who is incredibly successful across the board, but you're so approachable, you're so kind, you just have this really, you have a great soul. And I think that that's not what people would assume about people like you and me, is I think that you've done something so significant so early that you're going to be a prick or you're going to go and think you're better. But the advice you're giving is to be around learners and not knowers, be, a, be, you know, be able to adjust. But when you think about all this kind of stuff in the world of business, what do you think is going to be the thing that you're most proud of? Helping helping our athletes at see, hey, how do they use a platform of when their name's on the back of their jersey, all eyes are on them, right? But, and I'm glad you asked that question. You know, the, everyone's seen the horror story. 78% of athletes go broke within three years mm. of, of retirement. 78? 78%. Wow. Uh, the average lifespan in the NFL is, I think, 2.7 years, or and maybe it's 2.9 years. Wow. Um, basketball can't be far off from that, mm. right? So... I want to be looked back and said, and this is the biggest thing that I'm most passionate about. Sure, we, we can all clout that we've you know done a billion dollars in negotiation. That's great, right? But I want to be looked back as the guy that did a great for his clients on the field and on the basketball court. But just as important, and even more important, he was they they were able to collectively to use that platform and become. Success outside of the 2.7 years of their name being on a jersey. Because it does, even in that sense, you can go play in the NFL or NBA for 15 years if you want. At best case, you're 38, 40. If you, yeah. if Tom Brady, 45. Tom Brady has half of his life left. Yeah. So, he, in, and he's been able to use that platform for every, the Brady yeah. brand, everything yeah. that he's doing. You know, like. But that's one out of a thousand. How do we yeah. make that more of the norm? So that's what I want to be. It's a legacy, exactly. Yeah, I mean, tell you what, that's your differentiator. If I was an athlete, that's why I'd hire you. Is you genuinely care and you want to go and show them what it's like to be significant out of just being a celebrity. Exactly. And they have that gift. I mean, they one they have the the sports gift, right, and the athletic gift but also you have that platform so yeah. maximize it and that really starts the day that starts and nil has only helped that now you have that platform when you're in college and eventually it seems like it's going to go that way too now you have that platform in high school but yeah. start using that and growing that platform now not wow. once i get in the league not hey i know i'm on my second or third contract i know i'm on my ways out you've already lost you've already really put yourself yeah. behind the eight ball like start that instantly no one wants to think of man i could be done tomorrow and and you don't you don't have to put that in here but start building that uh, have a sense of urgency exactly and good for you i'm proud of you i'm proud to be your friend and I, so I, I i think that this is going to really um inspire a lot of people and again just follow his journey it's so fun to be a fan and just to see the stuff that y'all are doing and again it's not just in the world of sports and i think that through that you're using your brain which keeps you keeps you young Definitely. um congratulations man i'm proud of young yeah. money sports young money app of sports on instagram easier on twitter you can also go to their website and they have great swag uh most comfortable sweats i've ever Rogers put on modeling it. yeah this is it my <laughs> wife thought that was audi on the it's actually their logo um but congrats on everything man thank and, you so much um, excited to, to watch you continue to grow thank you thank you for having me yeah